It's time for the Average Pros Fantasy Football Podcast, featuring Jonathan Riggs, Alex Huff, and Braden Crow. Well, what is up and welcome into another episode of the Average Pros Fantasy Football Podcast. We're so excited you are joining us and we're excited because, you know, here at the Average Pros, we just like to make history. And today is a history making podcast uh, because we are officially adding another member to our crew. We went from being three to four and four is strength in numbers. So you may recognize him. He did guest star on the pod at one point and uh, just did so great that we had to invite him back and uh, make him part of the crew. So uh, Justin rates uh, now is officially an average pro joins me, Jonathan and Braden and Alex. And so uh, pretty, pretty pumped to get this thing started. This is our first time trying this with four, all four of us. Um, so we're going to try not to talk over each other, but Justin, how you feeling, man? Welcome, welcome to the show. Welcome to uh, history. Welcome, welcome to it all. Hey, yeah. Thanks for thanks for having me. Um, I don't know how true that is about when I guest starred that I did good, but good enough to get the invite back. So excited to be here. Excited to join the team. Um, and I will come out and say, Braden, I want to join the Purdy Boys with you. So you got <laughs> you got another member here. I don't know what the initiation process looks like for that, but I'm all in. So happy to be here. And Today I was going to we- say, this is news to me. I thought he was just guest starring this week. So <laughs> today, oh. today, today we got a little bit more average. So, <laughs> right. Yeah. Very much so. Now it's going to be fun for the listeners. They're really going to have to distinguish voices, especially between me and Justin. Cause if you didn't catch the last name, we, he is my kid brother. So, uh, we're going for nepotism on this podcast. Your, your little big brother. <laughs> Little big brother. Yeah, exactly. Well, cool. Well, we got lots to cover. So enough with the formalities. Let's jump into some week four takeaways and such. So uh, Alex, we'll start with you since you were left out of uh, the loop before. Not really. He was brought into the loop for all the listeners. But uh, kick us off with kind of some of the some of the stuff you noticed from the week and where you want to take us to start. Well, yeah, I think uh, it's, it'd be hard to like bring up this last week without talking about the most recent game, which as we're recording this on a Tuesday night was the Giants and the Seahawks. This Giants team looks terrible. I think a lot of us, I know on this podcast at least, were really high on Saquon this year. We had some Daniel Jones enthusiasm, at least to some degree, maybe a little over market. Um, we were high on Darren Waller. So far, we're 0 for 3 there. I know the Saquon injury plays a part in that, but... Um, I don't really know what to do with this offense. And maybe that's something we can talk through of like, what do we do with Saquon? I know he's coming back from an injury. Their offensive line is so bad. Do we, are we entertaining Saquon for, you know, the, I think the weeks one and two, we, we were kind of like, you know, out of all the running backs you could have bought on draft day, Saquon looked to be one of the better values. Is he still in that tier for y'all? Is he dropped a little bit? I mean, we could throw out some names, but where are y'all at on Saquon rest of the season? I'll take that. I I'm worried. Um, you know, I think that at this point in week four, you, you have enough of an opinion to make. And so like, I was thinking about it and you know, like whenever we were talking right before we recorded, I think the, the big hiccup for us was like, we brought up Devon a chain <laughs> and like, what are we doing with a chain? Who's red hot versus like Saquon. And that's a hard place for me to take. You know, it's like I I still probably want to take Saquon, but 
the fact we're having this conversation is is pretty scary. Yeah, I think of the three you mentioned, Saquon's the only one that I really care to hold right now. I mean, we want to see what he does when he comes back from injury, but Waller's just not getting the looks, the the targets and opportunities. And then they go out and pay Daniel Jones all this big money, and then they let him get sacked 11 times last night. So I don't really know what his outlook looks like if he can't even have time to throw the ball. So I mean, I mean, Saquon's... If, Wall- if Waller gets cut i'll pick him up with the tight end landscape but yeah yeah i guess you're not cutting you're cutting Waller, right i guess we're we're on i mean or still some, at market some, yeah some people may you know it's like i would buy low on waller if i was really hurting at tight end you know like i have friar Muth in the league and i had luke musgrave this week <laughs> and so it just was bad all around and so you know i would throw like the lowest person on my bench for waller if they'd take it And I think that could actually get done because of how bad he's been. Yeah, I think that's a great point that y'all bring up. Just when we're looking at um, waiver ads, you know, the time of this recording, um, waivers will probably already have a run. But look at your waiver wires to see who got dropped because people are panicking and they're trying to make room for the, you know, hot button issues. So um, to your point, if the Waller's there, another one we brought up was like, if Kyle Pitts gets dropped, you know, you want to be careful of roster clogs, but just kind of a point for listeners to to think about and make sure you double check that. So, um, yeah, it's it's wild that we're we're talking about HN the way that we are. Um, you know, Raheem Mostert came out had a big game, and then HN, you know, HN, um, whatever you want to call him, yeah, that's really HN. That's what he's been asked to be called. We're gonna call him HN. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna give to his requests, so he better listen to the podcast. Uh, but uh, it's just wild that he came out kind of one up for Mostert. Now he's kind of lead guy, and we were talking before the podcast. Jeff Wilson coming back doesn't matter. Like we're we're in on HN. I think all four of us. Um, David Montgomery's a, an interesting name that kind of got brought up. So I'd be curious to see like where y'all. I think we rank rank HN above that, and we're gonna talk a little bit more about the Detroit backfield before that. But are y'all just kind of a group question are y'all all HN above David Montgomery yeah I, I don't have David Montgomery like maybe as high as y'all do I I was shocked to see him on this list that we have around like Saquon and HN I, I still have Saquon just to circle back to that really quick over HN just his body of work but I would take Montgomery over or below I take both Saquon and HN over Montgomery pretty easily is that are y'all in the same boat there or I'm not in the same boat as you I mean I, I think we probably still get to the same place, but it's a lot closer for me. I, you know, like Montgomery has as good of a chance as any running back to get three touchdowns every week. And it's super evident that like he's, he's going to be utilized as like a, it's not even like a one a, like it's a, he is the one and Gibbs is used on gadgety stuff and here and there, but like, Montgomery is getting just as much work as any other like bell cow running back. And so, you know, like it, he and a chan are like the most opposite type of players. A chan needs 10 touches a game and Montgomery probably needs 30, but or not, he doesn't need 30, but I think Montgomery has, if I was in Vegas and I had to put a bet on who, which running back has the most touchdowns at the end of the year, like I would have no problem putting some money down on David Montgomery. Yeah. And I I think we saw that with last year with Jamal Williams and Deandre Swift. I mean, Jamal Williams was playing the 
Montgomery role getting all the touchdowns and Montgomery's even playing more of a role than that. And as much as we'd like to see Gibbs start to get some more looks and everything, it just hasn't been that way. So to this point, I'm I'm Montgomery over probably both of those still with A-Chan, the biggest chance of taking that over. I'm, I'm worried about Saquon and the Giants. So he's probably third on that list for me. It will be interesting to see, and I think it's few and far between. I mean, we still think the Dolphins' offense will be very good, and they are very good. Um, but in the games when A-Chan doesn't get an early touchdown and they're up big, you know, are they still going to throw the ball? Is he going to be the guy that they're handing the ball off to in the backfield? There's there's some game script dependency there for me, um, whereas I think David Montgomery still possesses some, obviously, and if the lines get down, they're going to look to Jameer Gibbs probably a little bit more, but um, man, just thinking what Jamal Williams was last year and, and seeing so many similarities through week four, it's hard to imagine David Montgomery's a better, he is a better player than Jamal Williams. And so if Jamal Williams can finish as a top 12 running back in this scheme, like David Montgomery's got in my mind healthy, he's top eight, you know, um, which is wild I, thing. I, I guess maybe I'm just presenting like the sell high argument because he's played three games this year and he has five touchdowns. And I was as high on him as anybody in the offseason. But if you were to tell me he could get five touchdowns in three games, and then we also can correlate that, oh, well, this is what Jamal Williams did last year. Therefore, here's a really good narrative that he's going to be amazing. Isn't that the narrative you want to use to go get a Saquon Barkley? Maybe this is just like a my personal preference thing with fantasy, but I really don't enjoy having running backs on bad teams. And... You know, there's... wait. So what you're saying is David Montgomery is a running back on a good team? That is exactly what I'm saying. Finally, oh my gosh! Yes. Oh my gosh! Lions I didn't fans. know if this day was ever going to come. Yes, a good team. <laughs> Sorry, continue um, with your point. I'm, I, the podcast is made for me. You know, but it's like I don't know. I, I've seen like out of our, all the RB one seasons we've seen like the last ten years, it's some like stupid like seventy to eighty percent are teams who are five hundred or better, and I don't think. I don't think New York sniffs that. I mean, Saquon is a generational talent. Don't hear what I'm not saying. And I, I can tell that you're like chomping at the bit to come at me and I'm ready for it. But I just, I don't know. That That's just a wrestle for me. And I think it's just how I play fantasy. And maybe I'm just too risk averse there. But but that's probably why I'm in that camp. Huff, give yeah. your rebuttal and then Braden, take us to the, the next point after that. But I want, I want to hear this. Yeah, no, I guess just what I was going to say is like, yes, like 80% of them are on good teams or above. I don't even think it's 500. It's a little bit lower than 500 to just constitute like a good, solid, like proficient offense. But the other 20% are the guys like Christian McCaffrey on the Panthers, Saquon on the Giants, like it's Derrick Henry on a bad Tennessee Titans offense. Like I just, I, I hear what you're saying. I think the safe floor is probably Montgomery. I'm just making the argument that I think Five touchdowns in three games. Uh, it's hard not to be like at least entertaining sell high offers and seeing what you can get. And sure. I think Saquon is also arguably a buy low this year based because he's been injured and the Giants look bad without him. And so not not necessarily posing that one for one, but um, if we are playing the kind of sell high buy low game, which we like to do and play the probability game, I think it's maybe more of an emotional reaction if we don't at least entertain that to some degree. So yeah. now I hear you. Um, before we move on, last question with Montgomery is if we found out Jameer Gibbs is out the rest of the season, Saquon or David Montgomery. That I would be more in the David Montgomery camp. 
but it'd be close. But, but we, sure. we like Gibbs too. I mean, he's yeah. not utilized as well, but we're just, I don't know if we're just like burning all, you know, the lifeboats or whatever the phrase is, you know, on Gibbs after one, yeah. one or burning two weeks. The, burning the candle, burning the ships, burning the sails. It's burning like whenever you like candle. let go of the lifeboats, you know, and you like the rising tide. Something about okay, okay. We're gonna. I need to let go of my analogies. We need to get sponsored by somebody that is something to do with boats, and we can like. We're really good at putting that Pacific. Justin, are you Montgomery on that one? Yeah, yeah. If Gibbs is out all rest of the season, I'm I'm Montgomery there. What about? I know we got to move on, but the flip side, if Montgomery goes down, does Gibbs move up to rival Saquon? Or I would take Saquon in that situation. Okay. Yeah, I don't mind. Too. I don't mind Gibbs. I think he'll be fine. But I would take. Just haven't seen enough yet. Yeah. Just a couple more running backs I want to touch on that are kind of in this tier. Um, do you like? Do you like James Cook more or less than those three guys? Are you talking Gibbs, Montgomery, Saquon? I'm talking, oh, talking H N Montgomery, Montgomery H N Saquon. I take all three of those above James Cook. I would take James Cook over Montgomery barely. So I'd have Saquon and H N. Then James Cook, then Montgomery. So Montgomery's fourth on that list for you. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I like James Cook. I would still have Montgomery and Achan over him, but it feels weird to say he's even over Saquon because we know what Saquon can be, but Cook is getting a lot of opportunities. He's just missing the touchdowns. He got one this past week, but I don't know. I'm I'm high on James Cook right now. Um just to round this round this out, which one of these names sticks out as like a, a name that belongs in that tier with them. Kyron Williams, DeAndre Swift, and Travis Etienne. I mean, if Kyron Williams maintains what he's doing, like he's kind of touchdown dependent though too, it feels like. Um, but he's getting, he's more of the three down back there, I think. I don't think he can put Swift in that tier just because Gainwell's still, still getting what do you have, you know, I guess he didn't have as many carries this week, but still getting some of the work. Um, and then Swift, is, or excuse me, Etienne is, I mean, the Jags. We're going to talk about them in a little bit, but their offense I don't trust yet. I think my argument would be Swift is probably in that. I'm I'm still worried about Kyron Williams long term. Like it looks like they're starting to use the Rams are starting to use some of their ancillary running backs a little bit more. And we've seen the Sean McVay offense just cycle in running backs. Um and then the difference between Swift and ETN is I think just Swift, the Eagles look amazing. They have a great schedule. They're just we know what their offense is going to do every week. And Swift, we we know he was good in Detroit, and he looks all of that and more in this behind this like really good offensive line. We know that they're going to be consistent, and if they give him and continue to give him the goal, some of the goal line work that they did this last week um, to preserve kind of Jalen Hurts' health a little bit, which you have to imagine that they're looking at. It, I think he's a little bit more reliable than Etn, who we also love Etn, but that this Jacksonville offense, I think if you have to bet, if it's between, if it's all things equal, I would bet on the better offense with DeAndre Swift over yeah. Travis Etienne. I think, yeah, I think for me is like the only reason why we are as a consensus as far down on Swift as we are is because of his injury history. Like if, if we, I'm knew, not, I'm not low on him. I, I know that you're not low on him, <laughs> but I'm, I'm saying like, I've got to plan a flag. I thought this dude was getting cut three weeks ago. So <laughs> I got to plan a flag. There's, there's somebody out there like, help me out. Like, you meant to save say my Rashad. Credibility. You meant to say Rashad Penny. You said DeAndre yeah. Swift. 
I'm dyslexic in another life. I don't know. It was autocorrect. You're good. <laughs> Chat GPT. Yes. Swift is probably on that list for me too. But anyways, we can move on. Um, let's talk about how bad the Bengals have been. Who do we want to start with? Burrow, Chase, Higgins, Mixon. Who wants to go? Got to start with Burrow, right? Um, I mean, is it just the calf injury or are we seeing him take a step back? like just across the board. Um, I'd like to think it's just a calf injury, but it's it's been bad. Um, I think Chase, he'll still get his. It won't be maybe the crazy seasons we've seen from him, um, but he's still getting opportunities. Higgins, I'm worried about. Um, a lot of heartache last year holding on to him, and I'm worried that with this injury, it might trickle down the same road. Um, but Chase is the one I'm least worried about. He's he, he'll find a way to be relevant still. So, I I think it's just a calf issue, and so yeah. I I fully expect Joe Burrow to be a, a QB one, not the QB one, but a QB one by end of season. And I think they're gonna be they started slow, so I think they're gonna be fighting for a wild card spot. But like this isn't a Bengals team that we're gonna be talking about that has a top ten pick in the draft i'm i think that we are super far away from that and so i'm still buying chase anywhere that i can and keeper or dynasty leagues i'll i'll buy burrow like i'm not i'm not concerned about that Mixon, i think is even a buy low as well with what he can be the amount of usage he's getting and um as far as higgins goes you can't sell him you're gonna get pennies and whatever you're going to get back is not going to even be a an asset worth like starting and so i think you just have to hold through the couple weeks of injury and just wait the bengal i mean yeah the bengals have the pedigree of being a top team um it feels different than the last couple years when they've started slow though there's some offensive line things that i think are just have been lingering and the dam's about to break and it's hard to heal a calf whenever you're being chased at the level and hit at the level that burrow is. So my fear is that burrow never truly heals from the calf. And it's just this lingering issue that we continue to have to deal with. But I think you're right. If he can get healthy or even to 90%, then he brings it back. But if, if my, my worry is he continues to get hit, continues to get beat down, isn't really able to heal. Um, I don't know when, when is their bye week Cause that would be like when I would be looking at it. Like, yeah. I was, I'm pulling it up right now. I was just looking at that. It's yeah. week seven. So I'm okay, we're so. sitting here looking at it from a fantasy standpoint. So I'm wondering, does uh, Taylor for the head coach for the Bengals look at it and say, let's rest him a couple weeks through the bye week and then come back. But I feel like it's almost too late to even start that talk. Cause they're one in three. So you don't really have I, I think time. It, to... I think if they beat Carolina, or sorry, not Carolina. I think if they beat Arizona, which they should, I think it's really gonna... should they. Arizona yeah, beat yes. a good Cowboys. Yes, team. they. Sh- yeah, they did. But we're talking about Joe Burrow. We're talking about the and highest up until paid... the fourth quarter. They're in it with the 49ers. We're talking about the highest paid quarterback in the NFL, and I'm not concerned if they should beat Arizona. I, I would. I would be shocked if the spread is within five points. All right, and, we'll have to revisit that next week because I mean, if I they beat him, they, they beat him. We'd be shocked. <laughs> I mean, the same thing was said about the Cowboys. I wouldn't but, be shocked, but you know, it's like I think being one and three, they have to, they have to play him against Arizona, and they're going to. And 
I think it's up in the air with Seattle, but I don't think it's the worst thing in the world to let him have one week and then let him have the bye and then be ready for San Francisco after the bye. Yeah, they got to win one of these games going into the bye for me to feel good about even the fantasy assets going going forward. Um, two and four going into the bye, though. That's, this that's just, not great. This just, I don't think we can talk about Burrow the way that, like, this is a conversation we could talk about Kirk Cousins or we could talk about Daniel Jones, but, like, we're not going to talk about Patrick Mahomes this way. We're not going to talk about Josh Allen this way. And Joe yeah, Burrow is, Joe, Josh Joe Burrow because is Because they've much, never given us reason to. <laughs> As I say, uh, Patrick Mahomes has never started one and three and had both of his top wide sure, receivers. But, uh, remember when Chase or Higgins? Sure, but remember whenever Joe or Josh yeah, Allen Tyreek. messed up his elbow? Like everyone was ready to talk about, you know, oh, or should we be worried? And yeah, he wasn't as good, but he was still Josh Allen. He played yeah, through it. I think the difference with that too, a little bit, is like the rushing floor that all those quarterbacks provide where. We've known like similar to Justin Herbert, where it's like if their arm isn't right or they're not able to kind of get to where they need to get in the pocket, their fantasy value is their their floor is just so much lower. Which I'm not I'm not saying I I actually agree with you overall, Crow. I think that they'll bounce back sooner rather than later because it is Joe Burrow. But I think his until then and maybe I know coming out of their bye they play San Francisco and then Buffalo, so it might be until week nine or ten where we really even if they're getting some wins they're probably going to probably try to overcompensate, maybe lean on mixing a little bit and then try to get things rolling. So I don't know from a fantasy perspective, we're going to see a whole lot of value until that back half of the season, but their schedule does lighten up a lot. So maybe I think by the end of the year, Braden, to your point, we'll be talking about Joe Burrow. Like we normally talk about Joe Burrow, but it's still true that his floor is his, his fantasy floor will always be lower than the majority of the quarterbacks in his tier. The pessimist in me says, okay, they get it going week eight, nine, ten, and right as you're going into your fantasy playoffs, they look at their record and they're three and eight, four and six. And they're like, ah, Burrow, you know, they're I don't not know. Gonna, they sh- they're not going to shut him down. They, they shut him down like no, the last not, couple of weeks gonna, before yeah. your fantasy they're playoffs. Gonna, they're not going to shut down the highest paid quarterback in the NFL. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And, absolutely. They would if they no, I think that's I the reason they have would. four wins. No, they had four no. wins going into week 13. No, they're not no. four and eight. No. In, the, in the AFC North, too, where there's still where, hurt, where <laughs> the Steelers look terrible, the Browns are like barely there. It's just the Ravens, like they could come in in a wild card spot pretty easily. I think they would push through. And I mean, I agree. With, I don't. I don't think they would hang him up by any means. I mean, the the Chiefs would never do that, and the Bills would never. You do keep that. referencing the Chiefs and the Chiefs and the Bengals. <laughs> because they, the Chiefs have never had the reason. To because the because Joe Burrow is in the same quarterback tier as those elite quarterbacks. I think the fact that there's even questionability makes you wonder. I, I don't think there's any argument that. I think Burrow still probably finishes at quarterback one, but I mean it's back end quarterback one. It's not the Burrow you paid up for. But if you can buy them low, I, I mean, I said it's, it last week. I'm buy low on the Bengals. It's it's down down year from Justin Herbert last year. Same kind of situation. Yeah. And Justin Herbert wasn't on a whole lot of fantasy championship teams last year. So, yeah, but uh, his, his assets were still serviceable. Yeah, but we're talking about Burrow more so specifically than those two. Uh, y'all got any other thoughts on um, why I'm wrong on that before we move on? <laughs> I have a lot of thoughts on why you're wrong, but... It's not clear and concise. Me and Braden, it's not clear and concise. Me and Braden have been at odds all week on several different topics. So we're going to have a special pod on why Barry Sanders is the best running back of all time. And me and Braden are just going to fight 
why who's who's better barry sanders or emma smith that that'll be the podcast but uh okay so jags players justin what do we do with them um it's kind of a similar situation of like they're down for what you paid for with the Bengals, but there haven't really been injuries there there's just been bad uh but they did get the win in london last week um toy story game day was a fail but uh all in all jags players what what are you, where are you at yeah, got the win in London. They're back in London this next week, correct? Against the Bills, I think. Um, I'm not as worried about the Jags as maybe y'all are. I think Lawrence will figure it out. Um, Kirk has still looked fine. Ingram's looked fine. We just need Ridley to get some targets. I do not understand that. Week one came out with all the fantasy glory we would hope we'd see from him coming back from a year off and now it's just been three down weeks and he even got a touchdown last week and we're still looking at it like wow could have been so much more but yeah so I think I think I'm not as worried about the Jags I don't know where y'all are on that um I I think I was ready for Ridley to have like a big time bounce back this week and so I bought low some places and he really didn't and so that was disappointing but I'm not ready to say that like, I don't want him in my lineup, you know? And so, yeah, I'm think, still playing him for sure. I, I think, I think Lawrence will get back to being Lawrence. He has elite pass catchers. Like I think that they'll get back on track and I don't know, like I don't have a ton of Lawrence shares or Kirk shares. I have a couple Ridley shares and it's like, I'm playing him. I don't really have an option, but you know, there's just a lot of ball distribution and Zay Jones has been out. And so I think it gets convoluted, but I, I think that you will eventually be happy starting Lawrence each week. I was going to say, I think the missing piece of Zay Jones gets lost in this. I think people talk about like, oh, when Zay Jones come back, somebody either, either he's not going to be relevant or somebody else is not going to be relevant. And I think he adds more to this offense than people give it credit for. Just as like a stretching the field, taking some eyes off of, um, you know, Kirk in the middle of field. And I think that helps, it's going to help Ridley because right now they're, they're focusing a lot of attention on Ridley. Um, and so you're seeing like the middle of the field with Kirk and Ingram really open up. Um, but I think having another deep threat in Zay Jones might actually help Ridley quite a bit, but I could be wrong. Alex, what are your thoughts? Yeah. I mean, I was, we, we were all kind of like not, buying low on Kirk over the offseason, but kind of for this reason, because of his target share. And that's just kind of what it's looking like it's going to be. And so I think if Ridley has a couple of good games, I'm open to selling him a little high if he can. Um, the bright spot might be Travis Etienne here. Uh, Tank Bigsby also looks okay. Um, but I think there's reason to believe they'll bounce back, but maybe not to the level we expected. We expected them to kind of bounce into that like upper echelon of teams that like top, you know, eight six teams in the league and i just don't think they're going to hit that so we kind of have to adjust our fantasy expectations accordingly and i think that takes everybody on the fantasy side maybe down a little bit of a tier that we kind of came into the season projecting him to be and if you can adjust that and get value off of that that's probably the best move is the toy story thing happening again this week i don't i think so I don't think it should ever happen. I think again, they have personally. to hit the draw. I think, I think they, they should do a drawing board again for that. I think they should do a different Pixar movie each time. Like, let's do Monsters Inc. this week and 
next week we can do like cars or Booger McFarland is just Sully on the like broadcast. Rat- Ratatouille is <laughs> an option too. Sh- Shrek would be fun. Shrek is DreamWorks, would be but good. I am I am saying Shrek. <laughs> I think that would be really really good. Oh man, that's Shrek uh, is DreamWorks. Devon A Chain would be like Lord Farquhar or something, you know, like really tiny little boy. <laughs> Uh, there was, this is what we were missing, Alex, whenever we didn't have Brayden, the, the movie references. This is, I know. everybody brings a unique skill, some more unique than others. Uh, I was going to make the point though, that in London, like people don't play well, like from a fantasy perspective, like, I feel like there's been very few games where I'm like, oh, that dude just actually absolutely went off. And Jacksonville has been there a lot. So you think they would kind of start getting used to it i am interested to see now that they've been there and there's not the jet lag there's not the travel if something changes and they don't like i expect that i'm gonna go ahead and say the jaguars beat the bills in london this week just because they're there they're acclimated and london is a tough trip but i think they get trounced because i think they're just ready to get home they've imagine that for two Braden weeks. disagrees with me <laughs> y'all need to duke this out off the pod this is we need, yeah, to put I love money, this. we need to put money down. I love this. People can can yeah put money down on on who'd win, but uh yeah that that is a funny point though. They're, they're ready to get home. They're just lay down and like we miss. This is going to be telltale. Of, do we get a team overseas though? This is like they're they're the project uh for sure on all that. So uh Jaguars, I think that that just about does it. Um, you, you mentioned Trevor Lawrence. Are we like so rest of the season real quick like. Where's Trevor Lawrence and other quarterbacks? Like, okay, Josh Dobbs, Trevor Lawrence. I think that's an easy one. Trevor Lawrence or Joe Burrow. Okay, well, we'll just go there. I would take Trevor Lawrence. I I would also take Trevor Lawrence. That's coming from me with, I bought high on Trevor Lawrence in our league of record dynasty league, but I would still say Trevor Lawrence for sure. Uh, I take that for sure back. That's a little aggressive, but Trevor Lawrence. Uh, Trevor Lawrence has a pretty good schedule coming up, so I don't mind that. Um, I just want the listeners to know, I know Brain was looking down at his computer, but it literally looked like he was writing and calculating something. Like, <laughs> I, I thought you were putting together My calculations are correct. <laughs> <laughs> if I can calculate this correctly. Tre- uh, Trevor, Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence as well. Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields, rest of season. Oh, don't do this to me. For, for fantasy. Oh, I don't fantasy. think we see what Justin Fields <laughs> did this last week again, rest of season. Whoa. I'm not talking fantasy points wise. I'm talking the way he did it with his arm. Oh, okay. So yeah. I think he's still you relying mean like on what quarterbacks do. Yes. They throw the ball. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, I, I just think he's still so relying on rushing and this was like a one-off thing and he might still have good weeks, but it's only going to be if he can rush for, 75 plus yards and a touchdown fields hasn't run the ball at all yeah that was i know and up until this point we've seen what that's led to i think i still think they correct at some point and he at least gets good at least from on the ground and they you know design runs for him so i'd take justin fields i guess the other name i just wanted to throw out there with trevor lawrence just to put some like context around it would be anthony richardson and i'll take him i was just super high on him over lawrence and fields Braden? Yeah, yeah I just, I'm very high on Richardson. Yes. See, I think there's going to be some turnover things later in the season that I think he probably still is QB one though, just because of his rushing upside. Um, I said, but I think this is off the pod. I think the Colts, if Jonathan Taylor 
does finally play, they should just run read option right behind Quentin Nelson like 47 times a game. So, uh, and just go from there. But wait, what about CJ Stroud? Are we not there with Stroud yet? Okay, hold on. Let's let's track where. So we said Stroud Lawrence, and Lawrence. Stroud and Lawrence. Okay. Um, I think I still, Stroud has more upside. That sounds I crazy. Think, I don't think Stroud has more upside. I, I, I think I Stroud still, is performing better now, but I would take Lawrence personally. I would take Lawrence, and I'd, I would be maybe the odd man out and take Lawrence also over Anthony Richardson. So if I'm if I'm in a one QB league, I want Lawrence. If Stroud is my super flex, I think I want Stroud over Lawrence. Just because Why? I think he could throw, because he could throw for three hundred and and three touchdowns more consistently than Lawrence. Lawrence has we haven't seen really Lawrence's rushing floor at all, um, and we just talked about the Jaguars' offense has been kind of an enigma, and Texans are literally committed to throwing the ball. So, I mean, Stroud's a rookie quarterback doing this in his first four weeks in the NFL. Like, yeah, people are going to get film on him, but like the dude can ball. And, he's on pace to throw for over 5,000 yards this year. Yeah, like he's he's coming in there and he's proving people wrong. He's finally a Buckeye quarterback that is legit. Okay, we're four weeks in, Justin. Let's calm <laughs> down there. You might have just jinxed your one your your greatest hope. <laughs> but no, I, for, I mean for all for, my Buckeyes out there, OH. I don't know. Alex, I think you you could add something to this cuz uh I don't know. I I, yeah. I I think Stroud's great. I think he looks awesome. There's also like no tape on him. And so I think as the weeks progress, these defensive coordinators are good and I think he will kind of come back to reality. There's no way he passes for 5,000 yards as a rookie. That's just like, it would be, that would be amazing. That'd be one of the best stories ever in the NFL to happen. But I just don't think the probability is even close to that. So I like him. I think he's fantasy viable. I would still take Lawrence over him, even in a super flex. I, I, I'm not there close to it yet because by and large, he's not getting it done with his legs. He's mostly getting it done in the air. And I'll still take Lawrence as a pure passer over CJ Stroud, not only as a talent perspective, but also as in the offense that he's in. The offense argument is is valid. I will I will say that is something that the Jaguars have clearly overall better offense than the Texans. I think the Texans start to I mean, they're gonna be a six win team. I don't think they win more than six games. So um don't they already don't they already have three wins? No, they're two and two. two that you were gonna say, don't they already have six? <laughs> <laughs> they get the Texan ball because everything's bigger so well. in Texas. <laughs> Stroud is playing so well; they already have six wins. I mean, when you, if you feel like if you're a Texans fan and you've won two of your first four games, it kind of feels like you've got six wins. Honestly, <laughs> yeah, against the Steelers. Says the Lions and, fan. I I think they go into their onward bye. and upward. I think they go into their bye four and two. I think they're going to beat Atlanta, and I think they're going to beat New Orleans. Because, yeah. I could see. I mean, they just they beat should, the Pittsburgh Steelers too. They should win both those games, but there's no way they. I think three and three. But surprise, surprise! I disagree with Brayden. I mean, there's nothing new on this podcast. From a, I think we can bet all day on the actual NFL, but like I think from a fantasy perspective, like Stroud will be a good high end QB two, and he obviously elevates Tank Dell and Nico Collins. Damian Pierce is now a fantasy relevant RB two, all of those things we did not expect two weeks ago. So, I mean, that's good there, but from a, I, th- I don't think we're out that far on Jacksonville to put those players above the Jacksonville guys yet, but two more weeks, they win, they beat Atlanta and new Orleans going into their bar. We might be having a different conversation. 
this feels like one of those podcasts that we're talking about next off season. And it's like, Justin, remember when you said Stroud threw for 5,000 yards? You're a genius. Or Justin, remember when you said Stroud threw for 5,000 yards? You're off the podcast. Uh, just, just earmark kidding. it. Just earmark it next to the Brock Purdy take from preseason. Or, or the DeAndre Swift cut take. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I should maybe be off the podcast for that one. Um, just kidding. We don't kick people off the Here, podcast I'll, for bad I'll, I'll be bold. I'll be bold. Maybe not 5,000, but I think he sets the new rookie pass yards record. Ooh, there's some Homer there. What, Justin, look up while we, when we transition, it's, look up. It's Andrew Herbert. Luck. It's Andrew, oh, Luck. It Andrew Luck. I'll, I'll look it up. So okay. Let's jump to, we already talked about this a little bit, but let's talk about the Detroit backfield and just, I mean, we really pretty much talked around that. So I don't know if there's anything else that we wanted to add on that um, or put a bow. Any, any final thoughts on just the Detroit backfield? I mean, is that the, I was going to say the best backfield, like from a fantasy perspective, would, but really we haven't seen Gibbs. I would say Gibbs. don't panic sell Gibbs. He's not worth what you can get for him. But I think if you've got Montgomery, you've got to be happy. And I think inversely, don't go out and try and buy Montgomery because his price is too high right now. Like that's just the stalemate that people are in. So I'm not necessarily ready to sell either. Just to give a little color on this, in a dynasty league I was in, I traded away David Montgomery before his three-touchdown game and got Nick Chubb back in a dynasty league in a team that I have plenty of running backs. Do you like that on Montgomery's value, or are we that high on Montgomery where we're just like, he's that good this year, next year? Was, oh, and, so, and I'm sorry. Chubb. Sorry, was Chubb already hurt at that point? Yes. I like the Montgomery side, personally. I see Good why time. you did it. I see why you did it, but did- I... Did you like that? Would you have liked that before the three touchdown game? I don't know. Chubb Chubb was scary because it's like, I think at that point, like we thought he like tore multiple things. And this was during like, we knew MCL, like he'll be fresh and ready before next year. But I I guess my, I guess the, the reason I brought that up was because that puts Montgomery in a, in a pretty good conversation of like where he's at. If, If we're talking about Nick Chubb next year and David Montgomery in a dynasty value, that not only tells us pretty good accurate, like we like Montgomery this year pretty well, but also we like his maybe one to two year value. Sure. So just to put it into some context with a, a pretty familiar name with Nick Chubb. Real quick, circling back to that Andrew Luck record, he threw for 4,374 yards his rookie year. So bookmark this, Stroud exceeds that. How many yards does Stroud have uh, currently? 1,212. I mean, we're bigger, longer seasons now, too. So this is true. Might not be as crazy a take as possible. So it doesn't count. (laughs) Why why did I an asterisk next to it? Why did I think Justin Herbert broke that? That was touchdowns, I think, because I thought Uh, it was Herbert, too. Yeah. Well, we've got a couple minutes here, surprisingly enough. Uh, So there's a couple optional. I mean, maybe each take one. Justin, you can take the Jets. Braden, you take the Steelers. Alex, you take the Bears. And just give a quick little monologue on where fantasy options are for you and and maybe highlight a few players that you're panicked about and maybe not panicked about, worried or not worried. I think with the Jets, I'm a little bit more willing to be playing the Garrett Wilsons and Brees Halls. I mean, you still drafted them high, so you're still going to want to play them as long as they're at least somewhat producing um, unless you can trade them away for something else. But 
I think what we saw out of Zach Wilson Sunday night was encouraging for the Jets' outlook. Um, he was hitting some back shoulder throws that I don't think Zach Wilson knew he could hit, like putting receivers in good positions uh, to make catches. And so I think I'm a little higher on the Jets after that Sunday night game. I mean, he dueled it out with Patrick Mahomes. If he didn't fumble it away at the in the fourth quarter, they probably find a way to win that game. But um, yeah, I think I think there's a more encouraging outlook for the Jets now after what we saw to Zach Wilson. So that's what I have to say about them. I don't want to. I don't want to have anyone on my team that's a Steeler. So I'm. I'm fine having Deontay on my IR, and I guess you can't drop Pickens. So I guess he's gonna sit on my bench at this point with where Pickett's at. But like, I don't want Najee at this point. I'd rather roster Jalen Warren over Najee, and I don't want to start any Steeler. There is not a single Steeler that I think I would start. Yeah, that, that was gonna be my thing. Is just Jalen Warren. Do you stash him? Just that he overtakes Najee Harris and you're, you know, maybe fl- playing him as a flex because there's maybe a little bit more pass catching appeal. But yeah, the the Steelers are the Steelers defense, maybe play them. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, and with the Warren thing, like without Najee being out for the season, like they're always going to be splitting time. So like are either ever going to be relevant? Like, I don't know. It's tough. I'll, I'll go to the bears. I just, we were so we we always had talked about in the offseason there's a couple of these second year receivers that we really are high on and it's like Pickens, Burks, Dotson, London and they're all just like it's tough. Um on the Bears, I think Justin Fields, I don't think he's back like Justin was saying. Um I I think this might have been like a confidence boosting game for him. Um but I think even at his worst, his fantasy floor is 15 to 18 fantasy points. So like, he's still going to be viable for you. Um, I don't you think you're panic selling him by any means, but um, they were playing the Broncos. I think DJ Moore kind of through hell or high water. He's still kind of gotten it done as like an, a wide receiver too. So I think like you're happy with him either way. He will have some of these games against bad defenses because he's really the only option, but um I don't think you can sell high off this, but like, I think if you need a wide receiver too, like he is, he's kind of what he has always been. And this is, this was what we kind of expected his floor to be. So, and this is worst case scenario with as bad as their offense to get to their backfield. It's tricky. I think you got to rely on kill little Hubbard, at least at the moment, he looks good. I still like to stash Roshan Johnson if you can, uh, just cause Khalil Herbert has not done it for an extended period of time ever in his career. So I, I still think Roshan Johnson's there, but at this point with buys coming up, it's going to be hard to be able to keep just unlimited people on your bench. So Roshan Johnson, I think, is a drop if you need to, but he, he'd be a nice hold. And then Cole Komet, I mean, we're just talking in the streaming tight end category, so it's you're not really doing anything crazy. But uh, this Bears offense does have the potential, if the OC gets fired and it refuse, that, that things could change. And he probably will be the first one to get fired. So things could change for the Bears sooner rather than later. Not saying that they'll be a, become a, you know the best team in the NFL, but they could shake things up and and become somewhat valuable for at least the fantasy players, the few that they have on their team. Yeah, yeah I, I will say that. we all go ahead, Jonathan. Sorry about that. No, no apologies. I was saying nothing of value. So well, that's funny because I was going to say we should apologize to Braden after telling him to play Tank Dell over DJ Moore this past week and. They could not have finished any different. So, 
I actually you. told him it to didn't play. matter. I I lost by like ninety four in that league. So oh my, it, yeah. It All right. Matter. Well, apology redacted. We don't. <laughs> have I don't you to could apologize. have lost by seventy four. I don't think you should be saying that on the podcast. Yeah. But we're offering Listen advice. to us. <laughs> hey, we're average pros. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we said we're clear, concise, and competitive, not clear, concise, and champions. So, uh, but maybe we're working our way toward that. So, well, any other parting uh, thoughts, uh, Justin? Just uh, you know, first first uh, pod is an official average pro. So, uh, any words of wisdom for the listeners as they head into week five? Uh, uh, really, a, a tilt week. I mean, if if you're zero four, one and three, like this is a big week for you. Uh, save your season kind of week. So, I know I'm zero four in a, in a league. So. Give, give some parting wisdom to to the average pros uh, clan. Yeah, I would just stick to what I, since I'm such a, before this, such a faithful listener of the podcast. Now I'm on the podcast. Wow, how things change so quick. But Braden has recently said that, you know, no need to hit the panic button if you're 0-3, now 0-4. Uh, you still got time to turn it around. I know I was 0-3 in a keeper league that we're all in, and I finally got my first win, and my team put up numbers that I finally expected them to. So it's going to, it's going to turn around. And if it doesn't, then you just got to listen to us more and find some good trades to do. So good luck going into this next week and don't panic. Send the trades and uh, hopefully all those guys like Taylor and Cooper cup that were on the IR come off the IR soon. Cause that's my case and why I'm owing four in that league. So well, we appreciate you taking a little time out of your day to listen to the Average Pros Fantasy Football Podcast. If you haven't liked or subscribed, do that before you exit the Spotify, Apple, or any other app that you might be listening on. But uh, we appreciate you. And until next time, we are the Average Pros. See ya. Your time is valuable. And we thank you for sharing a little of it with the average pros. For more clear, concise, and competitive analysis, be sure to follow us on Twitter at AverageProsFF. That's at AverageProsFF. Editing and production by Jonathan Rates. Voiceover by Ben Johnson. Music by Josh Lippy and the Overtimers. We'll catch you at the next one.